What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Hi, I'm Penelope, and my body doesn't work quite right, so my tears aren't salty, colorless drops like yours. My tears are blood. Because of this, many difficulties and curiosities arrive in my life, which I'm ready to share with you. Although, no, I was born a screaming and hysterical girl, but my eyes remained dry even when I cried so much. This happens in very young children, but then it passes. But it didn't work out for me. And in those moments when I roared without tears, large red bags formed under my eyes, which did not pass for several hours, and I looked like a living zombie at such moments. Then the doctor said that I needed to pierce the nasolocrimal duct, and then everything would be fine. In general, my parents always knew about this. They just delayed the moment in the hope that one day I would be able to cry myself. But it was already pointless to wait, so a slightly unpleasant procedure awaited me. I was about a year or two old at the time, so I don't remember it at all. In fact, as soon as I got a puncture, blood began to flow from my eyes. A lot of blood that no one could stop for a long time. However, after some time, everything came back to normal and we thought that we had forgotten about the unpleasant procedure and its consequences. But no, since then, tears of blood have become an integral part of my life. Just like in some horror movie, every time I started to cry, my eyes started to bleed. Imagine how it looks from the outside. And if you consider the fact that I love to cry from the cradle, then the life of our family in general turned into one continuous bloody mess. Every cry turned into rivers of blood that flowed right down my cheeks and out of my eyes. Oh, it terrified even the toughest and most resilient people who don't cry even when watching the Titanic. A girl crying bloody tears? This is crazy. One day, my mother took me to the playground when I was little, and someone insulted me there. But for some reason, my mother missed this moment and noticed my bloodied face only when I turned to her, and all the children and their parents were already running in all directions throwing their personal belongings and toys. We immediately went home to wash and put things in order, and soon the police came to us. It's just that one of the mothers immediately called the police, saying that, Attention! On the playground, one child cut another child's face with a knife! No, I certainly understand that fear has big eyes, but dang, children stabbing? Holy cow! Do you think there has been only one such ridiculous incident in my life? <laughs> no, no, and no again. You remember that I like to cry, so I just attract all sorts of curiosities and absurdities. I attract them with my own blood. By nature, I am melancholic, and my playlist contains 99% of sad music. Sometimes it happens that a song makes me cry, tears of blood, and then I run the risk of getting into some kind of trouble, because I listen to music mostly on the way to somewhere. 
So it was at that time when I went to my cousin's wedding and I was listening to music, and even though I was happy for her, I still wanted to be sad. To be sad that she is entering a new stage in her life and starting to build her family. I don't know if you know this pleasant sadness. At one point, tears started to fall from my eyes, but I was so lost in my own thoughts that I didn't pay any attention to it. Probably passersby also looked askance at me, but again, I was in myself, and I didn't care about anyone. Soon, a little late, I walked into the wedding hall, and everyone gasped. Someone generally fainted looking at me, and my crazy cousin smiled happily and said, Well, finally, you've come. Oh, yes, she too was used to my bloody peculiarity and therefore did not attach any importance to my appearance. Fortunately, we managed to revive most of the guests and explain everything to them, but one woman still went to the hospital. I didn't mean any harm, really, and after I washed my face, I did my best to control myself for the rest of the holiday. After a while, my cousin and I still remember that situation and laugh. By the way, sometimes I myself am frightened of my reflection in the mirror when suddenly it turns out to be bloody. Once I had a very bad dream and I was crying in my sleep. Then I suddenly woke up and went to the bathroom, and as soon as I turned on the light, my eyes fell on my own reflection in the mirror. There was a bloody face. Ah! I shouted, which woke up my parents, and only then did I realize that it was just me, and I was afraid of myself. And my face is covered in blood because I was crying in my sleep, and that made my face red with blood. And because of my unusual tears, I constantly damage a lot of clothes, bed sheets, and even my phone died after my crying. This is very expensive and unprofitable, I have to say. By the way, how much blood do you think I lose every week because of my tears? You don't know? I will say this. It is not fatal, but it has a great effect on the iron level, and therefore I am forced to almost constantly drink various pharmacy drugs and dietary supplements. And when my affairs are very bad and I cry more often than usual, then I go straight to the hospital under an IV to replenish the iron level there. And anyway, because of these bloody tears, many people are just afraid to be friends with me. Therefore, I only have one friend who turned out to be the most stress-resilient of all. She is not afraid of the sight of blood, does not consider me a walking monster, and appreciates my human qualities. On the one hand, I am very glad that I have her. On the other hand, I always dreamed of lots of friends and noisy parties. It's a pity that this will remain a dream. But still, if you try, you can find something positive or even useful in my problem. For example, I am very afraid of injections, any of them, and donating blood for analysis is generally akin to medieval torture for me. And yes, it's not just fear. It really hurts when I get a finger or a vein pierced. I hate it. But there is a way out, and for some reason, neither I nor my parents had any idea about it before. Before the next blood draw, as usual, I began to shake and cry, from which blood rolled out of my eyes. Then the nurse said, what if we do without the punctures and take your tears for analysis? Brilliant! Just brilliant! 
Why have I endured so much suffering and testing with needles up till now? Why couldn't I have just done it like this right away? When we tried this method of blood donation, I even began to envy myself. Yes, and there is nothing absolutely negative. There are positive sides to everything. You just need to be able to find them. Another undoubted advantage is my ability to leave classes whenever I want and take exams without knowing the subject. Tempting? I think so too. Sometimes it happens that someday I just don't want to learn, and then the main thing is to bring myself to tears. That is, to think about something very sad and painful. That's it. Not a single teacher wants to see a bloody face in front of them, much less explain something while looking at me, and every time they let me go home without any problems. Everything is a little different with exams. Of course, you could just start crying and go home, but that's not my thing. I like getting good grades and being a leader in class and school performance, but I don't really like learning and studying. And so, during the exams, as soon as I do not know the correct answer, I start crying and the examiners immediately ask me to go wash my face. Their offer is simply impossible to refuse, and I go to the bathroom to peek at the correct answers there. Not fair? Maybe, but the result is the main thing for me. And by the way, my classmates are jealous of me and say that they would also like to have blood tears in order to achieve their goals. But one day, something went wrong. I had an important math exam, and as soon as I saw the questions, I immediately realized that I should start crying as soon as possible. As usual, I began to remember my dog who crossed the rainbow bridge, my classmate who the day before made fun of me in front of the whole class, and my trip to the orphanage. But nothing happened. Nothing. My eyes were as dry as ever, and there wasn't even a hint of tears in them. I was outraged and confused, because negative and sad thoughts always worked. What went wrong this time? I even had to run through very tragic scenarios in my head, but there was still no result, and there was less and less time left. Then I tried to remember the formulas I needed, but there was no question of that. Recently, I completely stopped studying because I could not even imagine that my knowledge would be useful to me somewhere. I realized with horror that I didn't know anything from the school math curriculum. It was necessary to decide something as soon as possible because I risked getting zero points and shame. Then I asked for permission to go to the bathroom, but was coldly refused. I started to panic and started shouting that I was very ill and I needed to get out immediately, and when I realized that nothing was working, I asked to call an ambulance. And so they did, and I went straight to the hospital after the exam. There I was examined and stated the fact, healthy, and therefore I had no document justifying my failure in the exam. Thus, for the first time, I received a failure. Then I started to think, what happened, and why could I not cry this time? But I didn't have a definite answer. Having lost faith in myself, I decided to prepare for the upcoming retest. It wasn't as easy as crying in time, but I managed it and got the highest score. It seems that from now on, I will have to rely on myself and not on my tears. 
share this podcast to all social media, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook and so on and you'll be given a shout out. Also drop your social media username so that we can find you. Thanks for your support. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel by clicking the link in this episode description. You should also please follow or subscribe to our other podcast My Animated Story by clicking on this episode description. And also, kindly please rate and review this podcast by... My thumbs flew over the controller at lightning speed as I battled my coworker Andy while everyone else cheered from the sides. How did you get that level up? Where have you learned these moves? From the deep dark corners of the internet, my friend, and I'm about to own your butt. With that, I unleashed my final secret move and blew up the enemy. You're a loser, I'm a winner, your mama's buying me chicken dinner. Suddenly, there was pin drop silence, and I turned around to face the dragon store manager, aka Andy's mom. You have 10 seconds to clear up this mess and get back to your jobs, or you're on fire! My name's Ellie. I'm a computer expert, gamer, hacker, and overall top-notch geek. I led a very exciting life in the virtual realm, but in the real world, my life was pretty average. Until one day, everything changed. Yeah, we say that a lot around here, don't we? But before I continue, please like and subscribe. Ever since I was a kid, I was obsessed with computers. And by the time I was 12, I was writing code, developing software, and even doing some basic hacking. And I was addicted to video games. I thought I was cool, but that was not a popular opinion. By the time I reached high school, I was pretty much used to having a seat at the outcast's table. And things weren't much different at home. I was raised by my single mom, who was my polar opposite. She was a social butterfly who loved throwing lavish parties for her wealthy friends and was always trying to set me up with her sons. A nightmare. Mom, can I go to my room? I ate too many dumplings earlier. I don't feel so good. You're not fooling me, Ellie. See that boy over there? He's single and very rich. Go talk to him. That boy played football at my school, and he was surrounded by some popular girls. And I walked over. Hi, uh, I, uh, oh god, save yourselves! Then I threw up all over the boy and the head cheerleader. Of course, I was a laughing stock in school the next day, and I started hiding out in the library. One day, I was playing a game when I got an invite to a virtual treasure hunt with a huge cash prize. The disclaimer read, only super smart, hardcore gamers need apply. It was like someone was describing me. I breezed through each challenge, but when I got to the last level, my computer suddenly froze, and then it became lifeless. No! But this was just the beginning of a series of unfortunate events. Soon after my 18th birthday, mom suddenly fell really sick. The doctors ran a million tests and gave her expensive treatments, but nothing was working. And we had a ton of medical bills we couldn't pay because mom's credit cards were all overdrawn. We're poor and I'm sick. Find a rich man so you can have a good life. How am I supposed to do that? Boys don't even notice me. We're poor. Find a rich man. A rich man. Find my daughter. What did I say? Daughter, find rich? My man? I mean, um... Find a rich man. And then my mom slipped into a coma. My life turned around 180 degrees. I had no idea when mom would be okay. I was drowning in debt. My grades were suffering. 
and I felt so alone. But then one day, as I was leaving my work shift, a strange man came running to me and shoved a device in my hand, then fled the scene. You've been selected for a top secret mission. This message will self-destruct in 30 seconds. I read the details fast. I'd make a ton of money and work with computers and security systems all day. Was this for real? My life was at rock bottom anyway, so it was worth finding out. I accepted, and a second before the time ran out, I tossed the device into the air, and it exploded. What in the Mission Impossible? And the next day, I was whisked away in a private jet to a state-of-the-art facility with a dozen computer geeks. All day, we worked on hacking software, computer codes, and sophisticated simulations. We were given board and lodging, too. And for the first time, I was with people I had something in common with. A week later, I was busy working at my desk when this guy a few years older than me walked in, and I felt like the Matrix had glitched. Like I was Ellie in a parallel dimension where it was possible for Ellie to fall in love with a boy at first sight. And he was like a young Keanu Reeves, but with spectacles. So hot. I don't remember the part where I floated away from my seat, but suddenly I found myself standing in front of him. Can I help you? Uh, maybe I can help you. I'm very helpful. Help me help you. What? Sorry, let me... Ow! I just poked myself in the eye. <laughs> uh, let me introduce myself. Hi, I'm Smelly. I mean, Ellie. It's short for Eleanor. Or Elena. Or Elaine. I extended my hand, and as he shook it, I screamed. What? What happened? Oh, it's not your fault. That was just a very firm handshake, and I have a very low threshold for pain. Like, really. I once fainted when an apple fell from a tree and hit my head. It wasn't even a hard apple. Like, it was rotten and squishy, but he walked away while I was still talking. That's the head of the company, girl. Oh, my gigabytes. This demigod was my boss? His name was Liam Finch. He could solve any problem, crack any code, and he looked amazing while doing it. I had such a giant stupid crush on him, and I couldn't help recalling Mom's words about finding a rich man for a better life. Liam looked and smelled expensive. I had to get him to ask me out, and I turned to Ask Brain 2 for helpful tips. The next day, I turned up to work in a tight, short dress, and I'd made sure to apply plenty of tanning lotion to look like those gorgeous models I'd seen online. All eyes were on me, and I was sure to have the same effect on Liam. Before we start this meeting, I have to ask Emmy, are you having a reaction to something? Emmy, speak up, whoever you are. The boss is asking you something. Oh, wait, you meant me. It's Ellie. <laughs> and, uh, no, I I'm good. I think you should go to the bathroom. There's some anti-allergy medicine in the first aid kit there. This wasn't the reaction I'd expected, but when I looked at myself in the mirror, I screamed. The tanning lotion had turned so orange, I looked like a radioactive carrot. The next day, I came to work wearing huge fake eyelashes, but those stupid things made my eyes feel heavy and I couldn't stop blinking. Later in the cafeteria, one of my coworkers came up to me as I waited in the lunch line, and he had some ketchup on his upper lip. Hey, Ellie, I, I saw you in the meeting today. Um, okay. I saw you too, buddy. But first, you got something right here. Out of nowhere, the guy pulled me close and planted a moist kiss on my lips. I pushed him away and punched him hard. Ellie, what the heck? First you keep winking at me all through the meeting. And then you ask me to kiss you. And then you hit me? Excuse me, what? He kicked up a huge fuss to Liam about being assaulted, and then he quit. 
That was one of our best coders, and you've made him leave! Well, he hit me first. Like, I mean, he was hitting on me, and it was gross. Are you sure? Why would anyone want to hit on you? Um, why wouldn't anyone want to do that? But Liam just walked away without replying. A couple of days later, Liam threw a small farewell party for his secretary, Jessica. She was so annoyingly model-like, and I couldn't be happier to see her leave. Hey, Jesse, I'm really sad you're leaving. Want me to help you pack? I'm very helpful. Uh, wait, isn't that a company paperweight? No, it's mine. I brought it from home. I'm pretty sure it belongs to the office. But hey, it's just a paperweight. Are you calling me a thief? Why don't I just take that from you? We won't mention this to anyone. Give it back to me, you witch! It's not yours, Jesse. You're robbing the boss blind! As we both pulled at the paperweight, I suddenly lost my balance and let go, and it went flying straight into Jessica's perfect fake nose. Emmy, what's the matter with you? Do you think I care if my secretary takes a useless paperweight from the office? I was just trying to do the right thing, sir. The right thing would be to stop injuring my employees. The next morning, I gave myself a pep talk in the staff room before work. Okay, the last few days have been bad, Ellie. But today's a new day to show everyone what a cool, brilliant chick you are. You got this, girl. Now show yourself some self-love. I kissed my reflection, but when I opened my eyes, I was horrified to see Liam standing behind me. Can you please keep things professional and practice your makeout skills in private? Which, I might add, need a substantial amount of work. Jeez. What? No, 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 that's not what it was. Oh, God. This was almost as bad as the day Mom went into a coma. The next day, while I was busy coding, I couldn't help thinking about my makeout skills. I turned to my trusty advisor, Google. But when I opened up the first link, some kind of virus popped up on everyone's screens. Your system is under attack and will be immediately destroyed. Goodbye. And then every screen went blank. There was a wave of shocked silence across the room. Who the heck opened an insecure link? I felt about as small as an ant. I am so sorry, Liam. It was a... a small error of judgment. Small error? Your small error may have catastrophic consequences for our national security! Sorry, what? I thought this was a private security company. I recruited people I believed I could train to be the very best. Because every code we write and every firewall we construct has massive importance. But you've caused a major breach. And now I have to fix your mess. And I was clearly wrong about you. You don't belong here. Pack your things. You're going home tomorrow morning. And it's not Liam. It's Mr. Finch. I felt like I'd been punched in the stomach. This place was the most at home I'd ever felt, and I'd really screwed things up. The next morning, I was going to the office to turn in my employee card. When I stopped short, the building had been sealed and was surrounded by police officers, and my co-workers were being arrested. They slipped away quickly, my heart racing. What the heck was going on? The only thing I could think of was finding Liam. If he hadn't been arrested already, too. I made my way to his place and rang the buzzer a few times, but no one answered. Then I overrode the code of the security lock, and the door clicked open. I'd just taken a few steps in when someone leapt at me and pushed me to the ground. And I found Liam on top of me with a chopstick. Emmy, how did you get in? And why do you know where I live? 
It's a top secret location. We we sell that lock at the store where I worked at before, so I'm very familiar with the software. And I uh hacked your smartwatch to track your whereabouts a few weeks ago. Just for fun, I swear. See, smartwatches aren't actually that smart. They should be kind of called dumb watches. Also, were you gonna poke my eye out with a chopstick? Get up. Why are you even here? Because I went to the office and everyone was getting arrested. Well, it's all your fault. What? Since our security systems were down after you downloaded that virus, something invaluable was stolen from us last night. And now, we're all in big trouble, and I have to go into hiding. You're leaving? Will I ever see you again? Unlikely. You've ruined everything. Just go home. Look, Mr. Finch, this is ridiculous. There are plenty of problems in your security system that I've been studying for the past few weeks. And someone would have figured those out sooner or later anyway. So stop blaming me and please tell me what's going on. Also, why is it so hard for a genius like you to remember that my name is Ellie? Liam looked surprised at my outburst. And just as he was about to speak, we heard cars screeching outside. The police are here for me. I gotta go. Whoa, whoa, wait. I'm coming with you. I can't survive jail or torture. I told you, I have a very low threshold for pain. Oh God, just shut up. Liam grabbed my hand and led me to the kitchen, where he opened a trap door in the floor and started climbing down, and I followed. Dark, narrow spaces. I hate dark, narrow spaces. I'll die if a mouse jumps on me. We ran through an underground passageway, climbed up another ladder and out of a gutter hole and onto a main street several blocks away. Liam dashed towards a car and we jumped in, but just as we were driving off, several police cars came to a stop in front of us. Wow, we managed to escape for all of two minutes. Okay, Mr. Finch, Liam, whatever. If I never see you again, I just want to say that you're the most beautiful... Suddenly, Liam hit the pedal hard and started driving in reverse like a maniac. Oh my god, what are you doing? I'm too young to die. I've spent all my life behind computer screens. I haven't seen the world. I've never even been on a beach. You know what? I'll go to jail. You can drop me off anywhere convenient. Liam took a sharp turn into a street, avoiding a truck by half an inch. He turned the car around 180 degrees and started driving even faster. I saw two black cars hot on her tail. Emmy, I need you to get a freaking grip and tell me the coordinates of the city's main bridge. We're gonna be jumping off of it. You can swim, right? Of course I can't swim! I'm terrified of water! That's why I've never been to a beach! We're not jumping off any bridge, you psycho! Can you please do what I'm saying and just trust me? There's a life jacket under the seat. Strap that on and find me the bridge. Now! With shaking fingers, I located the bridge and fed the coordinates into the car's GPS. Undo your seatbelt, and when I say go, open the car door. Your seat will automatically eject, and you'll land in the water. Don't panic. You're wearing a life vest, and I'll get to you quickly. You ready? I've never been less ready for anything in my life. Okay then, go! Liam swerved the car off the bridge and into the air. My seat ejected immediately and I landed head first into the water. Before I could panic completely, Liam swam over to me swiftly, grabbed me by the waist and pulled me onto the shore. We ran down some docks where Liam found an unlocked car and we sped away in it. I was too shocked to even speak anymore. Liam drove us out of the city to some abandoned warehouse where we were let in by an elegant older woman. Hello, Agent Skywalker. I was expecting you to be alone. So was I. Agatha, trust me, this wasn't part of the plan. 
All right, all right, I've had enough. Can you tell me what's going on, Agent Skywalker? Liam finally told me that he was a CIA agent who had been assigned the task of recruiting a special security team to protect the government databases and national secrets. But there's another CIA agent who has gone rogue, and yesterday, she broke into our facility and stole the key to a new weapon the government's developing. And she's framed me for the theft. Now everyone thinks I'm a traitor. Luckily, the key's heavily encrypted, but someone will break the code soon, and I have to get it back before they do. It's the only way to clear my name. That's why I couldn't let myself get arrested. And Agatha here's an old friend. She's the only one I can trust right now. So... What's the next plan of action? I have a fairly good idea where the rogue agent took that key. So I'm going there, and you will stay here. Look, I can hardly believe I'm saying this after the horrible day I've had, but I think you should take me with you. I'm a really good coder and hacker, and I can help. I'm very helpful, actually. I just haven't had a chance to... Okay, then, let's go. What, now? I thought you'd offer me some food first, and I wouldn't mind a nap. Now! Wait, Agent Skywalker, aren't you forgetting something? What? You know, the thing. Agatha, I really don't have time for riddles, so just say it. Okay, you're forgetting your lucky underwear from your Star Wars collection, the one you always wear before an important mission. I looked at Liam's face and burst out laughing. <laughs> lucky underwear? Oh my god. Oh jeez, I think I peed my pants. <laughs> Oops. I really did. Um, can I get some underwear too, please? According to Liam, the key was in a highly secure facility inside a toothpaste factory. The only way we could get in was to wear employee uniforms and hide in the back of one of the company trucks taking some supplies inside. Dark, confined spaces. I hate dark, confined spaces. Why don't you try distracting yourself? Sure. Why don't you help me do that? Why was Agatha calling you Agent Skywalker? Because of your lucky underwear? It's just one of my many names. Is Liam your real name? No. So what is your real name? I'm obviously not gonna tell you. Okay then, do you tell your girlfriends your real name? Depends. I haven't dated in a while, especially after what happened with the last one. Why? What happened? None of your business. Let me guess, she couldn't put up with your cold heart anymore? Or she found out you're lying about your identity and thought you're a cheater. Oh no wait, I've got it. Some enemy of yours killed her. <laughs> Liam went quiet and my heart suddenly sank. Oh my god, no! She really died? Uh, I couldn't save her, Ellie. I'm sorry, Liam. I'm so sorry. That's so tragic. And it also explains why you're a cold-hearted robot now. I mean, this kind of stuff changes a person. Jeez, why are you so gullible? I'm a CIA agent. I'm trained to convincingly lie about anything. That was a joke? Dude, that's just mean. Well, if you still want a sob story, she did betray me. My ex is the rogue agent, and she's the one who's stolen the key and framed me. Are you happy now? Oh, wow, that's a lot. So, how do you feel about it? Like, I just want you to be quiet now. I silently processed everything I'd just heard, but after a few minutes, I started feeling anxious again. I wish I was special. So very special. But I'm a creep. I'm a weirdo. What am I doing here? I don't belong here. Please, 
please stop. You're sucking up the limited oxygen in here. You're not the boss of me. Well, you were, but then you fired me, remember? And since you won't talk to me, I'm gonna sing. How you gonna make me shut up, huh? I can think of at least one way. Suddenly, Liam moved closer and put his hands on my face. Oh my god, was he about to kiss me? Just then, the truck jolted to a halt and Liam pushed me away. Rude! We quietly slipped out and made our way to the entrance. We scanned the fake IDs Agatha had given us and we were inside the building. Liam had the building's blueprints and he led the way to the surveillance room. We peeked inside to see a security guard observing the screens and Liam quietly crept up to him. Just then, my nose started itching like crazy and I tried desperately not to sneeze. The guard turned around and Liam punched him hard in the face, then stabbed him with a tranquilizer. <gasps> Why do you look like you're gonna be sick? I've only put him to sleep. Oh, I know. I'm just terrified of needles. I think I told you, I have... Yeah, yeah, a very low threshold for pain, I remember. Okay, we gotta check all the rooms in this place. There's gotta be a team working hard to decode that key. We scanned all the screens, but it seemed like there was hardly anyone in the building. Just then, I spotted an empty room with only a glass case in the center. Liam, do you think the key's in that vault? Yeah, it looks like it. Listen, Ellie, I need you to hack into their system and find out whatever you can about the security measures in that vault. I'm gonna be by the door to keep an eye out. You got it. I was totally lost in my work when suddenly my eyes flitted to one of the screens. Um, Liam, what did you say your ex-girlfriend looked like? I don't think I said anything. Would you say she's a skinny supermodel type with lovely blonde hair, a perfect jawline, and very, very long legs? Yeah. Why? Well, if we don't scram out of here in the next three minutes, I think you're about to be reunited with your ex. She's coming this way! Liam grabbed my hand and we ran out and down the corridor like crazy. Suddenly, security alarms started blaring all over the building. I guess she found the unconscious guard in the surveillance room. Ellie, why have you stopped running? I... I'm so... out of breath. I'm a computer person. On my butt all day. Not used to... running. Suddenly, Liam swept me up like a sack of potatoes, flung me over his shoulder, and started running again. All the entrances were being sealed, and Liam managed to get through the last one seconds before it slammed shut. We went rolling onto the ground, then got up quickly and sprinted as some guards chased us. As soon as we got outside the gates, a car screeched to a stop in front of us. Get in! Hurry! Yet another narrow escape. Was the mission successful? Far from it. We didn't manage to get the information we needed to break into the vault where the key's being kept. What are you talking about? I downloaded every single piece of information on their system in this flash drive. This one. No, wait. Not this one either. It's the neon green one. It's my favorite. Aha! Here you go. What? Oh my god, Ellie. You're amazing. He pulled me into a hug, and I was so startled that I didn't even hug him back. I wanted to kick myself for this wasted opportunity. And when we got back to the safe house, I crashed onto my bed like a malfunctioned hard drive. I was exhausted, but I kept having nightmares, and at some point, I woke up in a cold sweat. Just then, I screamed to see a dark shadow hovering over me, and I punched it hard. Ow! Liam, what are you doing here? You were shouting in your sleep. I was just checking on you. Aw, you came to see if I was okay? Well, that's too much to hope for. I already know you're unhinged. Jeez, I think you've broken my nose. 
What, with these jelly arms? Come on, don't be a baby. A baby could punch harder than me. I'm not being a baby. Ugh. Since you're finally up, let me show you what we found from that information you got. Agatha and Liam then proceeded to tell me that we didn't need to break into the vault. Apparently, they discovered a foreign delegation was visiting the embassy in two days for a big event, and the stolen key would be exchanged there. The rogue agent, Princess Leia, will be disguised as a journalist. She will be secretly handing it over to this undercover foreign- Whoa, hold on. Your ex-girlfriend's codename is Princess Leia? Oh, now I get why you're Agent Skywalker. <laughs> That's really cheesy. Can you focus on what's actually important? Leia might recognize you, Liam, even in disguise. I can get you in the building as the kitchen staff. But we need to send someone else in as a guest. Preferably a pretty harmless-looking girl who can get close enough to the arms dealer to find out when the exchange is happening. I'm not sure I can. Wait, Ellie, you're a girl. Gee, thanks for finally noticing. She's not a trained agent. It's too dangerous. Yeah, man. Stop putting me in danger. You'll just be like any other guest at the event, and I'll be close by and constantly in touch with you. Please, Ellie. This is my last chance before the key leaves the country. Okay, okay, fine. You can act like a cute, flirty girl, right? I'm used to my mother throwing me at rich guys, so yeah, I have some practice. You should be prepared for anything. You know, once I was working the field, I had to kiss a mafia boss to distract him. It brought down his whole operation. She's not very good in that department, Agatha. I've seen her practicing in a mirror. That's not what I was doing! Look, I'm a pretty good kisser, okay? Well, it's an important skill any undercover agent should have. So, prove it. Prove it? How? You could just kiss me, duh. What, like, right now? Is that really necessary? Maybe she just finds you ugly, Agent Skywalker. I didn't say that. I mean, who would find him ugly? He's very good looking. That's just a fact. Like, I'm sure even a lesbian would find him attractive. Then it's just your bad kissing skills stopping you, I guess. Let's hope you don't need to use them. You know what, man? Just shut up. I suddenly grabbed Liam and kissed him hard. He kissed me back, and my brain exploded with fireworks. Well, uh, that was not half bad. It was good. Great, even. Yeah, she'll be fine. I, um, I'm gonna get some more coffee. I'm proud of you, kid. Two days later, as I was getting ready for the event, I felt sick with anxiety. Just then, someone knocked gently, and Liam walked in. Wow, you clean up nice. I mean, uh, your dress is pretty. I think I'm gonna barf all over it soon. Don't be so nervous. I won't let anything happen to you. Here's your earpiece. It has a tracker in there. I'm just not cut out for this, Liam. I'm not so sure about that. Do you know anything about your dad, Ellie? My dad? No, I don't. He left when I was just a few months old. Yeah, because he was an undercover CIA agent, too. What? Your dad was one of the best agents in the field, and he was brilliant with computers. He's not around anymore, but he served his country well. And finding you wasn't just a coincidence. We've been keeping an eye on you, and you proved you have his skills when you crossed every level on that treasure hunt game we sent you. So maybe you are meant for all this. It's in your blood. 
You... you've met my dad? Yeah, once. You have his eyes, too. He tucked my hair behind my ear and gave me a warm smile, and my heart nearly fell out of my chest. Just then, Agatha walked in, saying the car was ready. At the event, I was looking everywhere for the arms dealer, and I finally spotted him. Just then, a tall, dark girl with glasses approached him and whispered something in his ear, and they both started walking out of the hall. Princess Leia is on the move. I think the exchange is happening now. Follow them to see where they're going. I'll come after you. I rushed out of the hall and saw them going down a corridor. They walked to the end of it and entered the room on the left. I inched closer, and as I tried peeking through the door, I suddenly lost my balance and fell inside. And all eyes turned to me. Oh, I'm so sorry. I thought this was the bathroom. Sorry, sorry. You can continue with whatever you were doing. Not so fast, girl. Ow, ow, that hurts. Hey, maybe it was just a mistake. She seems like a harmless little girl. Oh, really? Is that why she's wearing an earpiece? That? That's my hearing aid. Who do you work for? What? I can't hear you! Look, we can't do the exchange right now. This place is probably surrounded by federal agents. Leave immediately. I will create a distraction. And you go. You're staying here. Sit down. I plopped my butt into a chair as the girl took out a laptop and started typing like crazy. What you doing? You know, I'm very good at computers. You need any help? Oh, I'm just activating an explosive device linked to this laptop that will go off in five minutes and blow up half of this place. So that should create a nice distraction. What? I gotta run, babe. It was nice meeting you. Ciao. She then ran out of the room and locked it from outside. Oh my god! I stood frozen in panic, staring at the screen seeing my life flash before my eyes. But then somehow, I managed to muster some courage. Okay, okay. Calm down, Emmy. I mean, Ellie, it's just a laptop. Any software can be overwritten. Anything can be decoded. You can do this. You got this, girl. I tried everything I knew, but nothing was working. And then I had a brainwave. I opened Google and typed in the website from where I downloaded the virus at work. I clicked on it and the screen turned red. Your system is under attack and will be immediately destroyed now. Goodbye. And then the laptop went blank. I'd actually done it. Oh my god. I collapsed to the floor. And just then the door burst open and Liam pulled me into his arms. Ellie, are you okay? Leia took your earpiece and I ended up following her instead. Did you manage to stop her? Did you get the key? Yeah, I did. Agatha hadn't told me before, but she'd call in the other agents to help. And I'm really glad. We needed it. Leia's under arrest, and so's the arms dealer. That's amazing! And Liam, did you know that I just defused a very large explosive device and saved many lives? You did what? The federal agents evacuated the embassy and scanned the entire building and found the device that had been linked to the laptop. You're a hero, Ellie. Seriously. You're the smartest girl I've ever met. I'm hiring you back immediately. We can train you to be a field agent. That's very kind of you, but I'd actually like to go home. Earlier today, I got a message from the hospital that my mom's out of her coma. She's been asking for me. Oh wow, that's great news. But you can come back when she's better, right? You know what? I don't think so. Yeah, my dad was an agent, but I'm not meant for this life of high stress, crippling anxiety, and close calls. I'm just an ordinary nerd who's happy behind a computer screen. 
Okay, no field agent. Just a desk job then. Ellie, I'm trying to say something here. I would personally like you to stick around. Maybe we can even go out for dinner sometimes. I owe you a decent meal. Look, Liam, it's not exactly a secret that I've had a giant crush on you since we met. But the truth is, I don't have a crush on the real you, because I don't know the real you, and I probably never will. I mean, what's your real name? Liam just looked at me silently. Yeah, I thought so. But I get it. You're meant for this life, and it suits you. But it's not for me. Just one thing. Can I take this dress with me? It's all yours. I extended my hand and he shook it gently, then I got into the car waiting for me and left. Back at home, I was overjoyed to see mom doing well, and with my large paycheck, I was able to take care of all our bills, and then some. Oh my daughter, we're rich! Did you find rich man? <laughs> no mom, I worked very hard for this money, and I'm in charge of the finances now. But to celebrate mom's recovery, I decided to throw her one lavish party with all her friends at Christmas. And I was trying not to zone out of a very boring conversation with some rich, dumb jock, when suddenly the doorbell rang. Liam, what are you doing here? It's Norman. Huh? What's Norman? My real name! Oh, Norman! Ouch! That's not a cool name, dude. I know that. Listen, Ellie, I miss you, okay? You're crazy and you talk a lot, and you're an awful singer. There's never a dull moment with you around, because you're also smart and beautiful and adorable. And I tried to keep a cold front because I didn't want to get too close, but despite my best efforts, I can't stop thinking about you. You're anything but ordinary. So yeah, my real name's Norman, and I'm willing to tell you more if you agree to go out with me. I'm not even your type. Evil Long Legs Barbie is your type. Not anymore. Geeky Jelly Arms Computer Nerd is my type now. And then he pulled me into a kiss. You're like my boyfriend now? I like the sound of that. Can I tell my mom you're rich? I am rich. Like, really rich. Perfect! Mom! I found a rich man! easy to go from a model daughter to a traitor to your own family, especially if you're offered crazy money for it. Hi, my name is Lizzie, and I became incredibly rich in the blink of an eye. My story began when I was six years old. I remember waking up in the middle of the night because of a noise. It came out of the room and I saw that the lights on the first floor were on. As I got closer to the stairs, I noticed Dad. He held the flashlight in one hand and opened the basement door with the other. Finally, the lock gave way. Dad went inside and closed the door. I wondered what he was doing there at night. I went down the stairs, and she had already gone to the door and was about to grab the handle to turn it. But at that very moment, the door creaked open, and Dad appeared in front of me. He asked irritably, Liz, what are you doing here? I wonder where you went. Oh, it's a big secret. Shh. Then he took me in his arms. 
Now it's time for bed. He carried me to my bedroom. I looked at the secret room and wondered what he was hiding there. Twelve years had passed since then, and I'd forgotten all about the secret room in the basement. We lived like a normal family. We didn't eat caviar for breakfast, but we didn't eat leftovers either. I, like all high school students who were about to graduate, thought about going to university. That wasn't the case with my twin brother. Tommy had already failed all his exams and might not even dream of getting in. I woke up that day and immediately went down to the kitchen. There, my parents and my brother were already waiting for me and a birthday cake with 18 candles. Yes, it was my and Tommy's birthday. We blew out the candles together. Dad raised his glass and then turned to Tommy. You're 18 now, son. So today, I'm going to tell you our family secret. That's when I couldn't stand it and intervened. What about me? I want to know what you keep in that basement too. Dad's face changed. Unfortunately, no, baby. This secret is passed from father to son. My father told it to me, and his father told it to him, and my father's father told it to his father, and my father's father's father. I got it. I interrupted him. Everyone looked at me with surprise. My father took my hand and said sympathetically, It was the will of my ancestors. Then he and his brother left. The ancestors willed it? What's that supposed to mean anyway? My mother, seeing the anger and indignation on my face, said, I was angry at first too, but then realized that family harmony was more important to me and I put it out of my mind. But I want to know! So unfair! I grabbed my backpack and went out for a walk. On my way to the park, I saw a store that sold paint. That's when I had a genius idea. I knew that Daddy and Tommy were going down to the basement that night. So I hid behind the wall late that night, waiting for them. Soon I heard their cautious footsteps. Dad came to the door and started typing in the password, poking the buttons. Yes, he had replaced the regular lock with a keypad a few years ago. The door beeped softly and opened. Tommy and Dad disappeared into the basement. The door closed behind them. I went to the code lock. I took a small flashlight out of my pocket and it shined on the panel. It was no ordinary flashlight, but an ultraviolet one. It was the only way to see the colorless fluorescent paint with which I had pre-treated the buttons of the code lock. In the beam of the flashlight, I saw the numbers where my father had pressed no longer had paint on them. By simple calculation, I realized that the password was the date of the wedding with my mother. It was both cute and naive. I entered the password and voila, the door opened. I stepped inside, walking slowly down the stairs. Downstairs, the voices of my father and brother rang out. I hurried to hide behind the pile of bags. Dad turned on the presentation and started showing slide after slide. The slide showed a picture of a knight with his body covering a king from an arrow. Dad said loudly, And so, after saving King Richard from the arrow, the brave knight was awarded the nickname Brave. Tommy wondered, Wait, but our last name is Brave. So he's... Exactly. That's our ancestor, Sir Charles Brave. Dad walked over to some ancient chest and opened the lid. Then with a deft movement, he drew from it a sword and raised it above his head like a he-man. This beautiful sword was made of pure gold. It literally sparkled, illuminating the whole room. And now, according to his covenant, I give you this sword to keep. And then, 
Then you will give it to your son when he turns 18. Tommy carefully took the sword and gently stroked the blade. After admiring it, his brother put it in the chest. Dad and Tommy headed for the exit. After waiting a few more minutes, I left the basement too. Now that I know the secret, I could sleep soundly. The next day, when I barely opened my eyes, I saw Tommy in my room. He said with a sneer, You know what I found out yesterday? That you're using your brain at 2%? Laugh it up, laugh it up, but you can't learn the family secret. It's for men only. I threw a pillow at him. Get out of my room! His mockery was just the beginning. He'd been telling me all day about this super secret that I didn't deserve to know. I was sick of it, so I decided to punish my brother. At night, I went down to the basement. I opened the drawer, wrapped the sword in a towel, and took it to my room. I thought I'd hide it for a few days and see how Tommy reacts. I looked at the sword. It was gorgeous. I wonder how much something like that could cost. I tried to find something similar on the internet, but to no avail. Before I knew it, I was asleep with a sword in my arms. In the morning, I pretended to be sick and stayed in my room. After waiting for everyone to leave, I wrapped the sword again and went to the nearest pawn shop. Behind the counter stood an elderly man, the owner of the pawn shop. What do you want? He asked. I unfolded the towel, showing him the relic. How much could it be worth? T -t 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 like this? The man began to stammer. He pulled himself together and answered. It costs $15,000. I can buy it right now. It's strange, but on the internet, I saw the price of $30 million. I said that amount at random, but the man bit his lip. I'm willing to give you $20 million. I almost fainted when I heard that. I'd have enough to pay my way through college. My parents would buy me a bigger house and car. And I'll buy Tommy a soccer ball. He's been wanting one for a long time. I was dreaming so much. I didn't notice the pawn shop owner came back with a full bag of money and some papers. He pointed his finger at the contract and said, Sign here. Keep in mind that the deal is not retroactive. Eh? You can't get the sword back. I honestly didn't know what I was doing. The money turned my head. As if in a dream, I signed right across from the pawn owner's signature. And then I watched mesmerized as the machine counted my millions. Trrr. One million one hundred thousand. Trrr. One million two hundred thousand. I don't even remember how I got home with the money. It's as if I wasn't doing it at all, but someone was controlling me. I only woke up in front of the bathroom mirror. I stared at my reflection for a long time. Tears crawled down my cheeks. What had I done? Daddy and Tommy are gonna kill me. I have to get the sword back somehow. Then my cell phone rang. Elizabeth Brave? It's the admissions office from the university. I'm, I'm, I'm listening. If you want to study with us, you need to make a down payment of $30,000 within three days. I answered in an uncertain voice. I will transfer the whole amount today. I hung up the phone and immediately dove under the bed where I hid the money. I took out my bag and started counting out the necessary amount. Suddenly, the door creaked open. I turned around and saw the frozen figure of my brother. Where'd you get so much money? He asked. I told you to knock. Tommy stood still for a few seconds. 
Then he cried out sharply, Oh no! Tommy ran downstairs to the basement. I raked the money into my backpack without counting and ran out of the house. I ran until I saw the bank door. When I got inside, I ran up to the teller and emptied everything out of my backpack. I want to transfer the entire amount to the university account. I asked the teller to hurry up. But as luck would have it, I was caught by the slowest employee. As soon as the transaction was successfully completed, a car came to a halt under the window. My father burst into the bank. He jabbed his finger at me and shouted, Elizabeth Brave, get in the car immediately. I obeyed his order. I obediently got in the car. There was Tommy sitting there, his eyes blank. Tommy had failed my father, and I had failed the whole family. I thought my father would scold me on the way home. But the ride was completely silent, which made it all the more frightening. We stopped at the house. When I went inside, I saw my mother. There was a bag of money on the table in front of her. How could you? She whispered, bursting into tears. Dad and Tommy were asking me the same thing. They told me the story of the brave knight and how that sword had been guarded by generations of braves. I was scolded and I knew I was wrong. I roared at the impossibility of making it right. Suddenly, a loud knock on the door interrupted my father's monologue about the family heirloom. Dad went to the door and opened it. Standing on the doorstep was the very owner of the pawn shop. Behind him were two policemen. Suddenly, the man drew the sword he was hiding behind his back, pointed at me and shouted, You cheat! She was the one who stole from me! Arrest her! My whole family went into a stupor, waiting for the situation to develop. I shouted back, I didn't cheat! It was an honest transaction! Fair! You sold me a fake! Look at the sword! Papa snatched the sword from the man's hands. The sword was no longer golden and gleaming. It was the dark copper color. The man said, This sword is fake, covered in gold. It can't be. My father gave it to me. Daddy exclaimed, I made inquiries. It was your father who sold it. Dad fell to his knees, dropping the sword from his hands. All my life I've kept a fake, he whispered. I want my money back or I'll put everybody in jail. One of the policemen came toward me. He was holding handcuffs in his hands, getting ready to fasten them on me. I shouted, Stop! He examined the goods and signed the contract, which is not retroactive. I handed the sheet to the policeman. He read the contract carefully, then showed it to the man and asked, Sir, is this your signature at the bottom? Yes, but it doesn't change anything. I ask you to leave the property, sir. You're breaking the law. What? No, you don't understand. The man shouted. He wanted to grab the bag, but the police officers immediately detained him. They handcuffed him and escorted him out of our house. One of the police officers said to my daddy one last time, Sir, you have to register the income and pay the tax. Yes, yes, of course, said my distraught father. Dad sat down on the couch and stared at the money on the table. Clutching his head, he tried to rethink his whole life. There was a dead silence in the room. I think I got into university, I said smiling awkwardly. Everyone looked at me in surprise. That's the story. By the way, in a couple of days, Dad recovered from his shock and soon will move to a new house. I also convinced my father to go with my mother to the islands. 
he could use a break. Does your family have any secrets? Write in the comments if you've managed to find out any family secrets. Rate your likes and subscribe to the channel. No, I'm not going to give up that easily. I thought, as I sat in the cave, no one would find me here for sure, except for the group of tourists who'd come here on a field trip. Not only that, I found myself in a terribly uncomfortable situation because I was in a filthy cave in my wedding dress. I got kicked out of there in disgrace. It turned out that I was hiding in the tourist zone. Whoever thought of doing tours in caves? It stinks and is boring as hell. But as soon as I got outside, I was immediately picked up by my fiancé Jacob's men. Oh man, now I really have to get married. Hi, my name's Lily, and my mom's making me get married, so I don't have to be dependent on her anymore. My mother should get the Mother of the Year award, because she's done enough to annoy me over the past year, and also caused me serious injury. It's her fault I broke my arm, because she made me work as a janitor in the winter, and then one morning, when the power went out all over town, I slipped in the dark, fell down, and blacked out, and when I woke up, I had a cast on my arm. I was in terrible pain, but instead of words of encouragement, my mother said, You did it on purpose so you wouldn't have to work. Do I look crazy? No, you're just lazy. You're useless. You can feel sorry for my mother. She's got such a grown-up daughter who's still not working. But the thing is, we're pretty well off, and we don't need anything. But my mother got it into her head that I have to work because I'm 18 years old now. The thing is, her friend's daughter has been working since she was 16 and helping the family. And my mom hears from her friend all the time about how great her daughter is. And then she blows her brains out that I should set an example. So adopt her. I once got angry. I'm not going to sacrifice my time for your whims. I'm actually at university. And if I work, I wouldn't have time to study. That's just an excuse, Lily. If you wanted to, you could find a way. I don't want to, so leave me alone. But Mom was determined not to give up. And I found out the next morning when I got into the shower and cold water was pouring down on me. I screamed so loud. The whole neighborhood must have heard me. I ran out of the shower right away and I yelled at my mom and she just shrugged her shoulders and said that the water had been cut off for non-payment because I don't work. So there's no hot water for me. Of course, I knew my mother turned off the heater herself by turning the valve. What are you talking about, daughter? I just didn't have the money to pay the water bill, and no one helps me financially. Soon, we probably won't even have electricity. I got really pissed off, and I had to go to my friend Melissa's house to take a shower. I felt really uncomfortable, but luckily, she understood. Melissa thought my mom was wrong. But I wasn't just lying on the couch all day, with my phone on all day. I'm in school, and I'm an A student. Then my mom started selling stuff that I wasn't buying with my allowance. It was my money, so I'm entitled. Mom, you're crazy! We're doing fine! Why are you ruining it? You don't want to hear me. You don't want to understand me. I was able to get my laptop back, but I had to say goodbye to my old console, a fitness watch, and a new leather jacket. But even that didn't break me, because I kept standing on my ground. My studies would come first, even if I had no fight with my mom about it. And then I had an unexpected surprise. I came home from the university, and I saw a beautifully set table. 
Mom even bought me a new dress. What's the catch? Are you going to take it away tomorrow? Of course not, honey. Get dressed. We have guests coming over. A family visited us. I immediately noticed a very handsome boy. It turned out to be my mother's colleagues and their son. The guy was shy, but that only added to his charm. He and I had a nice chat about games, movies, and studying. I really liked the guy, but only until I found out something. My mom has a thing for talking loudly on the phone. She thought I'd gone to bed, but in fact, I was finishing my literature essay. And that's when I heard that it wasn't just guests. Turns out, our parents want to marry us. What? But why would mom do that? What's she up to? I ran out of the room right away. I reached the phone out of her hands, and I threw it at the wall, feeling like I was the coolest agent 007 ever. I heard that. What are you up to? If you don't want to work and help me, then you're gonna get married. So you don't have to sit on my neck anymore, Lily. I was so shocked. I stood there like an ice cold statue for a minute. When I came to myself, my mother had already locked herself in the bedroom. No, this is too much. I'm not marrying anyone. Never. Meanwhile, my mother called the family back in for dinner. I dressed up like a real goth. I climbed up on the table. I threw away all the food, and then I started singing Rumsting songs. Well, that's just to scare the guests. You guys are crazy, like the Adams family, the man exclaimed. And we have a coffin in the closet, I said, and I laughed wickedly. The guests immediately ran away in terror, and then I ran out of the house to avoid the hot hand of my wicked mother. I hid at Melissa's and told her everything. My friend suggested an interesting theory. Your mother probably wants you to work for a reason. Maybe she really does have some problems that you don't know about. That seemed like a sensible idea to me. The next day, I went through my mother's things. And I found something interesting. Turns out, about six months ago, she got mixed up with scammers, who scammed her out of a lot of money. So that's why she wants me to go to work so bad. Mom has debts that for some reason I have to pay off. When I told Mom that I knew her secret, she was able to get away with it. I needed money for a gift. You act so hard for an electric scooter. But I didn't ask to go into debt. That's your problem. We argued for a long time. And the very next day, another fiancé came to visit us. Very wealthy, handsome, but terribly spoiled. I didn't like him at first sight, but my mother begged me to marry him. We'll settle our debts, and then you'll get a divorce. You might even get something in the divorce. Do it for me. No way. However, that guy didn't know how to take no for an answer, and he got us married. But I wasn't going to give up either. So I ran away from my own wedding and hid in a cave. And then you know the rest. And when we danced the first dance, he purposely stepped on my feet. And I responded by throwing a piece of cake at him. As a joke, the guests laughed. I laughed too. But Jacob, on the other hand, he was furious. Believe me, I did everything to get him to divorce me. I ruined his food. I burned his clothes with an iron. And once, I sold cheaply through an online store for the goods he was supposed to ship to his business associates in another country. But Jacob remained undeterred. At least, that's what I thought, until we had a social evening. Jacob came on stage, told me how much he loved me, and cherished me. 
And then he showed people a slideshow of wedding photos. Except it wasn't wedding photos. They were mine, shameful ones, which the whole society saw. Now you've lost, Jacob said angrily. Then he came up to me. Let's just get a divorce. I'd love to, except our parents signed a contract, and I have to put up with you for a year. A year? I couldn't believe my ears. I couldn't hold back the tears of despair. Jacob didn't even feel sorry for me. Just like that, I was all alone. It was good that I could go to the university and get support from Melissa. But my mom didn't see how miserable I was. She talked me into staying with Jacob forever because he's insanely rich, and he certainly wouldn't skimp on gifts and expensive things. There's no way in hell I'm staying with that jerk, I screamed. The year went by unbearably slowly, and I finally got my divorce. In the divorce, I had no claim on Jacob's family money, but he gave me $200,000 himself. Buy yourself a house and move away from your crazy mother. My ex-husband said, and then he added, I'm sorry about what happened. It's been a sucky year for both of us. That's for sure, but thanks for the money. I could use it. After the divorce, I immediately bought a house on the coast. It wasn't a new one, but I didn't care. My mother wanted to move in with me. She'd always wanted to move out of that cramped apartment and into a house of her own. Oh no, I'm going to live here alone, I said. Lily, how could you do this to your own mother? How could you do this to your own daughter? You got yourself into debt, and you made me pay it off without thinking about my schooling or what I wanted. If it weren't for me, you wouldn't have this house. I'm the one who made you marry Jacob. Yes, and that was a terrible year, too. Even that 200000 wouldn't make up for it. I don't want to see you. I closed the door in front of my mother, and I cried. I was very hurt that she couldn't understand me. And it hurt even more that I would no longer be able to communicate with her. My mother had betrayed me. Melissa and I renovated my new house together. And then one night, Jacob showed up at my door. Did something happen? Yeah, I don't have anybody to talk to. And I have a problem. Jacob told me his business is failing. And he has nowhere else to go. Because all his friends and majors had turned their backs on him. My friend wanted him out because she knew how he humiliated me at that social gathering. No, he's staying. And even though my ex-husband and I weren't friends, he gave me money after the divorce and helped me move out of my mother's house. I helped Jacob come to his senses after he lost his business. I also suggested a good idea for a startup. He loved the idea, but I had to sell the house to make it happen. Melissa thought the guy was going to screw me, but Jacob didn't. Instead, he took a cut. And now, we're making money together from the business. The business helped us get closer and become friends. However, no amount of money helped me to reconcile with my mother. She was now resentful of me. But I didn't want to crawl on my knees in front of her either. But I hope that in future, we can forgive each other. Do you think my mom deserved forgiveness? Write your answers in the comments, like the video, and subscribe to the channel. I later found out the full picture of what really happened. It turned out that Mike and Dean had a bet. Mike claimed that all the rumors about me were just fabrications. That I didn't really have any supernatural powers. That's nonsense, Mike said. She probably made it up herself, so no one would pick on her. Okay, let's assume that, Dean answered. Then let's do this. You sneak up on her and touch her arm. Mike tensed up a little. 
Though he was skeptical, he didn't want to test the rumors on himself. However, the conversation was taking place in the presence of other boys, so the challenge had to be accepted. Okay, I'll do it, Mike muttered uncertainly. Dean smiled wryly. And finally, I show up in this story. It happened at recess. I was getting the books I needed out of my locker when I felt someone touch my arm, just below my shoulder. I flinched in surprise. See, nothing happened, Mike said to the crowd of onlookers. He took a few steps away from me before he slipped and landed on the floor. Hi, my name is Kim, and I'm used to these things. Another non-believer became a victim of his own arrogance, and then paid the ultimate price. Tragedy and comedy. It's all your fault! It's all you! Shouted Mike to Dean, lying on a medical stretcher with a brace around his neck. Dean shrugged guiltily, as if to say, I had nothing to do with it. <laughs> Here's what happened. About 10 minutes before it happened, the cleaning lady was mopping the floors, and she put up a sign in the hallway that said, Caution, wet floor. But for some unknown reason, the sign disappeared. And Mike, thinking that destiny had no power over him, paid for this delusion with a broken neck. <laughs> Poor guy, I thought. That must have hurt. As Mike was being taken by paramedics to the hospital, Dean still couldn't calm down. Did you see him collapse? <laughs> Hilarious! Everyone around me laughed quietly. I went straight to Dean. The guys, seeing me coming, quickly took off, leaving Dean alone. He tried to act all manly, but there was tension and nervousness in his voice. He was clearly uncomfortable standing next to me. Ah, Miss Misfortune, he chuckled. Do you think it's funny? Your friend broke his neck, and you're not even ashamed. It wasn't my fault. I told him to expect trouble if you touched Kim, but he didn't believe me, and that was the result. I wanted to give him a good slap in the face, but I decided to do something different. Anyway, it's your fault. A victim of a science experiment. Oh yeah? <laughs> well then, watch out. Before Dean knew what was happening, I grabbed his arm. The guy froze and didn't move at first, and then, when he realized what had just happened, he let out a wild scream. Ah! No, not again! Why did you do that? Now I'm screwed! Nothing. Just don't cross the road and don't walk under any windows so nothing will fall on your head. And you better stay away from the dogs. Panic overtook Dean. He looked around in panic, waiting for something awful to happen. The Miss Misfortune effect worked differently every time. Sometimes it could take a while. Dean tried to figure out what to do, and he decided he had to run. Forgetting all about the classes, he ran out into the street and disappeared. I went back to my chemistry class. The curse. That's what I called my ability. The starting point of my misfortunes was my sixth birthday. I don't know what exactly happened then. Maybe it was the magnetic waves or the radioactive substances in the cake. But the following day, the first incident occurred. I hugged Dad as usual, and he, five minutes later, fell down the stairs, nearly breaking everything. Then the curse reached Mom. A hairdryer caught fire right in her hands and burned part of her hair. Thankfully, the flames didn't damage her skin. After a series of mutilations and troubles, my parents realized it wasn't an accident. It was me. It was hard to live without my mother's and father's touch, as if I was in an orphanage. The same story continued at school. 
I was more careful now, aware of the power within me, but it was impossible to avoid being touched forever. So after a few unpleasant incidents, I was nicknamed Miss Misfortune. Now everyone knew to stay away from me. I accepted my fate and the fact that I would die alone, like in a Charles Dickens novel, surrounded by spiders and cats. One good thing about all this was that no bully ever dared to hurt me. But on the other hand, I never had a boyfriend, because everyone knew how it could end. I didn't believe in miracles, right up until Liam showed up. His parents moved to our town, and he started going to the same school I went to. I don't know how to describe it. I guess I just fell in love. The very first day, as soon as he walked into class, Liam was looking around for an empty seat, and the teacher said he could sit next to me. I flared up and turned red as a tomato. My classmates started whispering, Oh, poor kid gets to sit with Miss Misfortune. We won't see him again. It didn't bother me much. I tried not to look at Liam at the time and pretended I didn't care. They could have Johnny Depp sitting next to me. I couldn't care less. Liam sat down, turned toward me, and held out his hand. I'm Liam. What's your name? I didn't shake it, just looked at the guy sideways. I'm Kim. Cool, he said, and turned back to the board. I rarely saw Liam, mostly in biology and math class, sometimes in the cafeteria. Each time I blushed and could barely get out a high, Liam would smile broadly and ask me how I was doing. I thought he'd figure out what was wrong with me. Rumors about me were spreading all over the school. So, for instance, everyone immediately thought I was getting back at Dean. Remember when I touched him as payback for him deciding to make fun of Mike? Dean ran home from school and locked himself in his room. His parents tried to get in, but he wouldn't open the door. Just screamed that it was the end of him. Dean's parents freaked out and finally broke down the door. The kid was sitting in the corner with his chin on his knees, rocking back and forth, mumbling something quietly. Diagnosis? A nervous breakdown. Yes, sometimes my ability doesn't work literally, but Liam thought all this talk about me was just school gossip. I mean, people say odd things about others. I was glad he didn't believe what they were saying. But on the other hand, I was afraid it might end in tragedy. The situation became more complicated when Liam asked me out one day. I wanted to say no, but I just couldn't. He was the first guy who'd ever shown any interest in me. I should have told him the truth, that he was in danger, but I didn't say anything. In the evening, we went to the amusement park. I took every precaution I could. I wore a sweatshirt with long sleeves. I even put my mother's gloves on my hands. I looked ridiculous and weird. Are your hands cold? Liam asked me as soon as I left the house. Hey, yeah, I answered, trying to avoid the subject. My aunt is the same way. She wears gloves all the time. I smiled stupidly and we walked to the park. Surprisingly, we had a great time. Riding the wheel, Liam won a teddy bear in a throwing contest and gave it to me. I struggled to carry the huge toy around with both hands. It kept slipping out of my hands. Without the gloves, which were noticeably too big for me, it would have been much more comfortable. I had to risk it. Liam saw that I was about to drop the bear. He decided to pick it up and carry it himself. <sighs> and that's when he touched my hand. I dropped the bear and said, I'm sorry, I ruined it. Tears came to my eyes. What's the matter? Liam was clueless. I didn't want to see anyone else get hurt because of me. So without another word, I ran away. Liam wanted to catch up with me, but I'd already disappeared into the crowd. The next day, I found out that he was taken away by an ambulance that night. Turns out he got a severe food poisoning. 
it was the third victim of my curse this month. Like Dean, I locked myself in my room and didn't come out for a long time. Maybe I should never be around people at all, I thought, trying to somehow figure myself out. But for my parents, there was only one excuse for not going to school, death. So even though I felt terrible, I had to go to class. I was always treated with suspicion, but this time the level of paranoia was off the charts. No one came within a few meters of me. Moreover, I noticed some tension even in the behavior of the teachers. I found out later that Mike and Dean were responsible for the boycott. Maybe it wasn't nice what I did to Dean, but I didn't want to hurt Mike. I guess that's how the hurt effect works. No one wanted to figure anything out. I was, by default, the case of every misfortune that happened under the roof of that goddamn school. Dad tried to reassure me. Honey, don't pay any attention to them. Yes, my mother said. Children are so cruel. I knew they were cruel, but what am I supposed to do? They didn't have an answer to that question. As usual, I was left alone with my own curse. Sometimes it seemed to me that there were witches in our bloodline, and this was the punishment for terrorizing people in some small town. But I'm not a witch. I can't turn people into toads. I don't make magic potions. I'm just an ordinary girl who, for some unknown reason, has a very unusual ability. Liam was released from the hospital a week later. I was dreading seeing him. What would he say? Would he break up with me? Of course he would. There was not a single positive thought in my head at the time. How could he stay with me after that first date? What would have happened if we became a couple? What if he would kiss me? It's scary to even imagine. They might as well launch me into space to keep me away from all the people I could hurt. I ran into Liam in the hallway. He came up to me with a smile that never left his face and said, Hey, our first date didn't end very well. Maybe we could try again. I couldn't believe my ears. And you're not afraid that one day a brick might fall on your head? No, why should I be? Then, to my surprise, he took my hand and walked me to class. I expected the worst, but nothing happened to Liam that day, or the next day. My curse was gone, just like in the fairy tale of Beauty and the Beast. All I had to do was wait for a man who would truly love me. It took me a long time to get used to the fact that I could hug my mother. I could hold Liam's hand as I walked. True love really can do anything. What would you do if every time you touched someone, it brought them bad luck? Write your answers in the comments, like the video, and share it with your friends. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to hero.co to shop today.